0: Hey, Craig!
1: Hey, Jeff, dude, holy shit.
0: (laughs) I got, I, you know, we have not talked since, uh, since Friday, we, we've, we've done plenty of like messaging back and forth, but we have not talked and, uh, yeah, I, I can hear in your voice how much fun you had at Husky stadium on Friday.
1: Yeah. I'm still just kind of floating from that. Honestly, (laughs) recording on Sunday night. It's been almost two days. And your voice uh, has
0: not yet recovered.
1: Yep, and my uh, my my Friday night definitely became a, a Saturday morning, so uh, I extended the the celebration for a long time. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is podcast versus everyone episode number one forty nine. I'm Craig Powers. With me is Jeff Newser. And the Cougs won the motherfucking Apple Cup. Let's yes, go. They did.
0: <laughs> Something we never thought would happen, except that we both actually predicted
1: it on, on uh, last week's show. Of course we did. But we didn't predict. Well, you kind of predicted a beat down. You did. Um, we both predicted double digits. But uh, I'm not sure I actually believed that when I predicted it. Um, I just didn't want to be a Debbie Downer. Uh, but, man, uh, just an absolute... Whooping, nothing fluky about it, just dominating on both sides of the ball, holding Dub to 200 total yards, 454 total yards for the Cougs, uh, just exploiting that young quarterback, the young Heward. We couldn't quite <laughs> match his uncle's interception output. Although if you do think about it, he did throw if, one if you count On the two point, pointer, he did get five. Even
0: though it doesn't count in the official stats. He did throw five passes to the other team. That's good enough for me. I don't know. Time, I'm sure but, he yeah. I'm sure he and Uncle Brock can argue about it at Thanksgiving yeah. dinner, which one actually holds the record.
1: <laughs> man, oh man. But yeah, uh what a game. Like what what a performance, uh, just to be in Husky stadium for that, to, to, to have that happen in Husky stadium, uh, the large contingent of Cougs that were there. Um, you know, and I've, I've watched some of the highlights and, and watched a l- little bit of the broadcast and we were making quite a bit of noise. It sounded like, um, yep. uh, I didn't realize we were doing that, but it, it, yeah, we were pretty loud and, um, yeah, it was, it was great, you know, to have, all those fifth and sixth year seniors uh finally get a win over u-dub and and to to set a record for biggest win over u-dub uh period martin stadium yeah. or or husky stadium that's just an incredible just a, a an incredible game man
0: yeah it's it's a it's a testament to the rivalry that 27 points is our biggest win in 100 and whatever 113 years or whatever it was like uh that yeah we've never actually had an actual four touchdown win and washington has had a number of four touchdown wins and so um like to to do it like that to have it come to an end like this um to have it come to an end in a way that was you know just completely not apropos of the series in general yeah um was just so fucking cool like i i probably like a lot of people i mean i you know okay so i wasn't at the game like you were as we talked about on last week's show um and and to be honest i'm like watching this and like i i'm not totally sure what to do with myself as it's happening like i'm just sort of like Wait, is this happening? And then, of course, you know there was the there was the you know the the end of the second quarter where, or the, really just kind of the second quarter in general, where we were uh, trading touchdowns for field goals, and then uh, you know we give Washington some great field position on a kickoff thanks to a, a you know one of many bogus penalties, and uh, you know all of a sudden Washington scores right before the half, and and then we don't even really really try to come back and score the other direction. I'm just going, oh my god, oh my god, like Washington has has nothing and we're only up by six points and you know it's like any any sane rational person would watch the way that game was unfolding and just go we're fine like we're fine like Washington has nothing like they they can't really move the ball they they hit a couple of plays to catch up we're dominating them um yeah I mean this would be you know if we were playing anybody else I would have been like yeah we're good you know we're good if we were playing any other team that's like a four win team coming into that game I'd be like, we're fine. We're fine. You know, but since it's this fucking game. I'm sitting there like I'm freaking out. I'm absolutely freaking out. And, like, is you know, I don't know how much while you were, you know, doing your thing in the same. I don't know how much you were on Slack or Twitter, but it's like, like, I was freaking out. And I'm like, this is how it ends. This is how it fucking happens. We, we're we better than this team. We're way fucking better than this team. And you know what? Here we go. We got our fucking coach brain going. We're punting when we should be going for it. We're kicking fucking field goals. This is it. This is how it happens. This is how we lose this fluky fucking game to a terrible team. And then, of course, of course, it didn't happen. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I was. I was. I not really wasn't Slack. sure how to handle this. I was not on Slack, not even one little bit. Yeah. Um, but we were definitely worried a bit at halftime. You know that that uh, gosh, we we kind of we didn't we didn't capitalize. We should be up by more. All the Husky fans are saying you guys should be up by more, and we're like we know, um, but we're not. Yeah. But exactly. But the great thing is they came out right at the start of the second quarter. Shut you dub down, three and out, then immediately go and score a touchdown. Just to, you know, just to say, you know what? This is our fucking game. Like, like yep. and they dominated the third quarter, stretch it from 13 to 7 to 30 to 7. Um, just effect like effectively ending it there. I got a question, so we can just like roll through these questions as they make sense. Um yep. uh so let me find it. Um, it was when, when did you? Well, okay. So from at Wayward Coog, who props uh, their name is just GFC, uh, two it. exclamation points. So what was the point in the game where you were like, yeah, we're going to fucking win? I tend to be <laughs> like, wait, we can still fuck this up until the two minute timer. Um, yeah. So I, i i think for me when i truly lost it like like it, it, the the total like exuberance was was the pick six by amarni yes. but honestly like once we were up 30 to 7 we were all kind of celebrate we were just celebrating in the stadium like people were coming down you know my friends that were sitting in other places came down came down to, to buy us the huskies were leaving so they were, they were freeing up seats all around us Um, and I if I think about it now like we were all in a pretty good mood I look at the pictures I look at the timestamps on them like we were taking pictures we were hugging like we were just having a good time at that point but it really probably and I'm sure it's the same for you what didn't really kind of hit until Armani ran that back for a touchdown
0: well that that was the point at which you could finally like talk yourself into the game being like statistically over yeah right you're like okay there's eight minutes to go they're down by four touchdowns. Like, like it would take a truly, truly insane series of events for them to like, to, to even make this uncomfortable, let alone like, like win the game. Right. So it, it's just sort of like at that point I'm thinking, okay, you know, eight minutes, four touchdowns, this is safe. I can finally actually smile and relax. I mean, at any point up until then I could sort of talk myself into, um, yeah, I could talk myself into how it could go sideways, right? Like, like right before the pick six happened, you know, we kick another field goal, right? Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's 30 to, th- you know, it was 30 to seven. Uh, then all of a sudden it's 30 to 13, right? Yep. And we're like, okay. And they had a fairly quick drive and a short field again, right? And okay, it's 30 to 13. Now we're only up 17 points, right? I mean, that's three scores with 12 minutes to go. That's not independent of how washington was actually playing like that's like mathematically that's not crazy right and then you know we have a short relatively short drive like three minutes kick another field goal um after washington tried an onside kick you know again felt like an opportunity squandered oh my god it's only 20 points you know it's like that's three touchdowns three touchdowns in eight minutes that's not insane like you know especially if we kind of don't have Um, you know, if we, if we don't move the ball at all in our next drive, if they score whatever, right. And then, uh, and and then the pick six and it's like, oh yeah, no, no, this, this is it. This is it. I can finally relax. Um, you know, I probably should have relaxed long before that, but you know, that that's the nature of this game, man. Stupid shit happens. Even when it feels like we're dominating, even when it feels like, you know, we should be running it up. Um, you know, it gets closer than, than it should be. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a frustrating thing, but. You know that's that's where I finally like relaxed. I imagine it was a bit of a like a catharsis for the people in the stadium that you know everybody was finally on the same page. Okay, yeah. this is really finally actually. Yeah.
1: Done. Oh yeah, we were. It was just I I I've I've went back and watched the last eight minutes, but I do not remember a single thing that happened on the field in the last eight minutes after Armani picked that picked that off and ran it back for a touchdown. Like I was. Yeah, I don't just, I was just I was just floating around the uh, the stadium just like hugging people, taking pictures, like high fiving and, and go Cougs and pointing to the W and saying Let's go! We gotta go! We're gonna go! When I hit zero, we're gonna be over there, making sure everyone was on that page. And as you could see, everyone was on that page. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like but I think about it, how, how you're worried throughout. But uh, I always uh, I remember what you always say about the the '97 Apple Cup. Um, when Chris Jackson scores that first touchdown and just runs yeah. over a UW defender yeah, I was yeah. thinking about Max's first touchdown where're honestly like where I'm from I'm in the fourth row you know it's kind of hard for you to see beyond the players on the field. So we see him get hit and we all kind of think he's down and then all of a sudden he's in the end zone and you're like, what the hell just happened and you look at that replay and I'm like maybe that should have been our fucking Chris Jackson moment like yeah no like we are better than them. We are physically better than them. Like Max, not only had a huge hole because our line s- screwed him up, and our and our receivers were p- perfectly blocking downfield. He also just straight up ran around it. Like g- guy tried to tackle him, he just spun away from it and scored. Like that's probably when you should have been like, yeah, we're winning. Because you know, obviously in 2019 they got up seven nothing with a Max Borgie touchdown too. But that was like a a prodding long drive but this was after you know they got to that third and long and shout out to donovan ollie man holy shit yeah like what like what a game we we've not been like super kind to how i mean we don't say mean things but we're saying you know he hasn't been that great but just to obviously jade made a nice throw he made a nice catch to get to get open and hold on to the ball when he got hit hard on that third down and that's they they stuffed us on those first two downs, and then it was all Cougs from that moment on. Yeah, they you know they convert that third down. Next play is another big nice pass to, or you know, uh, two plays later another nice pass to, uh, to Ollie, and then bam, there's a touchdown. Bam, we tackle them on the 12 yard line, totally annihilate them on the, uh, on the on the kickoff, and like. If if you aren't nervous wrecks like we are, you're probably like, "Oh man, Cougs are gonna fuck them up today." Oh but yeah. But you're just like, "Please make as many good plays now." Yeah, yeah. So I'm not as stressed later.
0: I know. Well, and that's that first half was like, "Fuck," you know. It was like this is how it happens right like this is it this is how it happens this is how a team that's way better blows this game this is this is it you know it's like we are so fucking traumatized and scarred from this stupid game like i hate what this game does to me i mean you know i said on the podcast and we, and we did do this i went out with you know some friends my wife and i sarah and i went out um with some friends, you know, and, and and the wife of the couple, you know, she has um, she attends Washington for her teaching program. And so she's, and she's recently moved here from Missouri. So she's just kind of all in on being like, yeah, I'm a Husky. Let's go. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm trying, you know, the whole time I'm, tr- I'm trying to be nice, you know, I'm trying not to be mean. Um, I'm trying not to be an asshole because that's typically, you know, how I would be. And if, and if I really celebrated, uh, the way that I typically would celebrate, uh, I definitely, I definitely would have made some people mad, you know, but it's just like, God, like I, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm wanting to enjoy this. And then I, I just like, I like, I'm, I'm having such a hard time, like being, being rational and reasonable about, it and I'm like, I hate what this game does to me. I'm like, I'm such a shithead. Like, I just like, I'm thinking like, okay, we're dominating this game. Everything's fine. And you mentioned that 97 game. Okay. So I think back to that 97 game, like that was, I was a junior, uh, that year. So like I, my experience as a Coug. Was was short. That's my third year as a Coug, right? Before that, I was a Husky, Husky fan growing up, right? Like I was convinced I was going to Washington, you know, very much a Husky fan. So this is my third year as a Coug, and my my only experience to that point was okay, ninety five wasn't great, but ninety six was an overtime game in Pullman, and then ninety seven, you know, I'm thinking, man, we got we got this fucking team, like we're rolling into the into Husky Stadium, going, whose house, Cougs house? Like we're fucking, we are so arrogant. We were so arrogant. We were so convinced that nobody could beat us. That not, you know, Washington couldn't beat us. Washington was nothing. We were gonna steamroll them. And, and you know, we didn't steamroll them, right? Like I mean, we ended up, you know, winning by a touchdown. It was really kind of a two touchdown game, but yeah, you know whatever. Yeah. It's like, but but that 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 arrogance, that that belief that like, no, the better team's gonna win has been absolutely positively drummed out of me in the last like 25 years. Like, it's just, I just keep thinking something's gonna go wrong, something's gonna go sideways. You know, we, we and this last decade has been so shitty. You know, and that's the funny thing too, like up through 2007, it was like, I mean, think about like my first, you know, like 12 years as a coog. It was basically, I think it was 500 or close to it. You know, it, basically between the two teams, right? We had a right. stretch where we won three out of four. And then all of a sudden like becomes this like dark era <laughs> where where we can't fucking win an apple cup and not only that but being completely uncompetitive so anyway like the last decade has kind of broke my brain and uh you know so i i i was struggling with how to how to kind of make sense of it uh, as it was unfolding and then you know like i said feeling like you know the worst thing was gonna happen after um things didn't quite you know totally go our way in the second quarter
1: Yeah. And there's definitely things, you know, that, you know, you wish maybe we go for it, but that game could have been, you know, fifties, sixties, even if if we're just maybe going for it in positions where we definitely could have gotten it, you know, but one thing I got to give him credit for, and you know, it may be something you lament a little later, but, um, is when we previewed you dub, they have an elite pass defense and they have a really shitty run defense and how many times have we went into this game in that lat in that losing streak where we yep. knew that they had an elite pass defense and we still fucking threw that ball over and over and over again to our detriment but to like this game hell no like and also you know they ran it they ran it a bunch they gave max borg a huge huge day plus dion magintosh chipping in big like a nice day for him as well but then also like you and i talked about before the game we didn't know how Jaden delora would react to this yep and he looked like a red shirt senior quarterback making every fucking throw every good decision and the best fucking pose ever which should not have been penalized (laughs) fucking refs
0: exactly
1: (laughs) Also, hell yeah. So best penalty ever, Jaden. Hell yeah. Yes. Best well, penalty. Second ever. best behind Hugging Butch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know uh, if
0: that one was better or Hugging Butch was better. Yeah. They were, they were both fantastic. I love
1: to just whoop them and, and then also get to have these shithead penalties and we don't care. Like, oh, they don't yeah. matter. And
0: we're just like, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're kicking their asses. But
1: but Jaden was so impressive because yes, UW was, was dropping. Incredible. They weren't yep. giving us anything deep. I think I can remember one, like, 20 yard pass to Jackson. It was mostly short. 15 and less, a lot of out routes, you know, and and he just, he has matured so much as a passer. I remember when we were thinking he was just early in the season, he was just a one read guy, but he's definitely, you know, Petros Papadakis, who's, who is actually as annoying as his voice is, is very good at what he does. Yeah. Commented on that, like how he's, he's going through progressions and he was not doing that, that very well at the start of the season. So to see how far he's come along and really was not rattled by the moment at all. In fact, loved every bit of the moment and wanted to take it. And then fucking with 12 minutes left in the game, went and had a a staffer go get a flag from the cheerleaders (laughs) so he could plan on... (laughs) Like which is awesome by the way. If you're some kook that worries about U dub retaliating Oh or my god, fuck that. Who cares? It's a rivalry. No, who yes. cares? Bring it, bring the hate. I god, want them to hate us. Bring I don't want them it. to be like little brother. We root for you all the time. Whatever. Yeah. I mean Hell don't yeah, and don't us. give
0: me this shit like somehow they don't their shit don't stink. Like they they absolutely have done stuff like, you know, storm the field at Martin Stadium, like like, yeah, when don't, they beat the two-win
1: Wazoo team in 2010, they yeah, stormed the field. Do not, do
0: not let them convince you that somehow they are above this because they are definitely not. And you know they, uh, they, they've got no leg to stand on when it comes to this, this kind of stuff. And. Um, I, I, love Jane Delores swagger. Um, you know, like we talked about, we were worried that he was going to be, you know, too amped up, really like the Oregon game, right? Like the Oregon game was the big one where we go, okay, you know, we've got this, everything's in front of us. You win this game. You know, you're, you're essentially in the driver's seat for, um, you know, for the Pac 12 championship. And as it turned out, right, we ended up beating or Arizona and UW. So, yeah. you know, we really were right there. Um, and he came out and, and was just, uh, you know, and that was another game on the road. Um, and he was you know he was just uh he was way too amped up right he was way too amped yep. up and um you know in this one man he was like dialed in locked in from the get go um just in command so calm um taking what the defense gave him which you know we've we have struggled so badly um with the with the air raid uh you know against against the drop eight stuff and and yep. you know i know that people will probably want to read a whole bunch into you know, air raid versus run and shoot, drop eight, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Uh, I would not read more into it other than Washington's defense just isn't as good as it's been. Um, particularly the you know, defensive I, line. Yeah, particularly the, the pressure, defensive line, right? Not able to get so
1: the pressure on the that quarterback was exactly force it. Yeah,
0: Right. They would drop eight and then, and they had two things going for them, right? So they number one is they, they could actually get some pressure with three guys because um, they had absolute wreckers on yeah. their defensive line. Okay, so that's number one. Right, like if you're trying to block Vitavea, it doesn't matter if you're rushing three, right? Like that guy, that guy's a monster, you know, or Joe Tryon, yeah. like, you know, they had some, He's exactly, right. they, they had some very, very, very good defensive linemen that could beat people, uh, even they could beat two people, right? So, okay, so you're dealing with that. And then on the back end, you know when they're running, you know five defensive backs out there and three linebackers out there. Okay, now you're dealing with defensive backs who are fast and long, and and those those gaps are just so small, right? And so you the gaps are really small. They're plugging, they're mucking things up with eight guys um, out in the you know out in the pattern, and then you've got three guys that aren't actually giving you a lot of time to throw the ball. Well, in this one, man, they their three guys couldn't do shit. Like they couldn't even get near him, really. Well, and even if um, they do, and so Jayden he had all day.
1: Is, yeah, Jaden is so good at avoiding the yeah. rush. There was times so when so good he was at moving around. And,
0: yeah, yeah, he's so good at just moving around, stepping into a little soft spot in the puck, po- in the pocket, um, you know, and eventually finding a guy. Like, and, and he was he was content to take what they were giving him, which I, you know, again, I thought was um, incredible in a sense, like just a sign of his maturity. Like. You know they ran that three-three tight thing that um, Jesse Casino, you know, broke down for a while. The BYU ran a pretty good effect against us, um, mm-hmm. and, and Jaden just shredded it. Like he just yep. shredded it, and they never went away from it. Which is what was, you know, the most bizarre thing is they really never mixed it up. They never really tried to bring a bunch of pressure. Um, they, you know, Washington was just sort of content to be like, well, you know, this is what we do, and. Man, man, you know, Jaden just really picked him apart. And then the other big thing is, man, if you're facing, you know, three, six guys, you know, three, three guys up front, three linebackers or maybe five, two linebackers for five, you know, whatever it is, you know, you're probably going to be able to get some leverage on running plays. And, and, you know, we finally made him pay. Um, you know, I know people, you know, got so frustrated with leech and the air raid and everything, but there, there's no doubt in my mind that if we had run the air raid in that game, we also would have scored. 40 plus points against that defense like they were um, they were a mess they were a mess and and we totally took advantage of it and our guys uh you know to their credit um really just they they had the swagger from kickoff they had no doubt that they were the better team and they went out and played like it which to be honest was um unbelievably refreshing to not have to watch our team pee down their legs for 60 minutes
1: against uw yeah of course and and what was awesome about it. And we talked about Dom and Ollie earlier. UW was very, they looked very intent on stopping Travell Harris, stopping Calvin yeah, Jackson. Absolutely. Um, and D- Deshaun and Donovan basically caught everything that went their way. Yeah. So Ollie 68 yards on seven targets, five catches. Uh, Deshaun had, Deshaun had, uh, seven catches on nine targets. So they were just, you know, I helped that like, you know, uh Jaden was just on point, but still they made some tough catches. And they made some big catches. and, and they, they kept drives going, especially Ollie. He had he had some huge uh first down catches. Really impressive. He looked every bit of the size and strength that you were hoping yep. from him at the start of the year. He just looked big. I don't know if the UW's corners are small or what, but he just he's looked big and and he looked like a presence. It kinda hopefully you continue that for next year because uh, that makes me feel a little bit better about our receivers uh, based on how Donovan and, and DeJean uh, performed in this one and yeah and it, there there wasn't distribution beyond those four guys really um yep. Dion and Maxi had a couple you know almost nothing catches or whatever yep. you know but uh it, it was it they they weren't distributed they I I, I don't think those guys came out that much. Um, I think, uh, we were going back to that, those early, those for like the 2020 games where the receivers played a lot. Cause I did not see many other guys coming on the field. Like, Cause I guess if it's working, it's working. Yeah. And, and then of course the, you know, the ground game, uh, max did his typical thing, big plays. He got stuffed a couple times, but then he comes back. Uh, he kind of got real bummer. He could have had another really long touchdown, real kind of. I don't, I don't want to say it was an iffy hold on Travell Harris. I just not sure if it was necessary yeah. in any way that he, it, I it I, was pretty iffy.
0: Yeah.
1: But he, I, Travelle probably didn't even need to do like, even need to touch the guy. Max was already by him. That's what's yep. frustrating. Yeah. Um, and cause he did a nice pirouette into the end zone. It was great. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, then it's looking even worse, you know, cause I think we ended up punting or something on that drive, but um, yeah, so it's, it's wild that, they, you know, Dion was only 3.1 yards a, a carry, you know, whatever it like, it, even they weren't other than Max had a couple explosive runs. They were not super explosive, but they were just, they were just grinding. And, and, yeah. and, and that, you know, they got the ball back with almost six minutes left inside their own 10 and just ran down the field until the clock was out. Yep because it was really cool you know once we get to that big margin you're like can we stay there like i don't want you dub to get a couple cheap touchdowns at the end and make this look like it was close you know yep um you know because even arizona did that last week yeah and so i I, mean that
0: that last drive went like this max for five max for 19 unsportsmanlike conduct (laughs) max for seven Max for four, Dion for seven, Dion for five, Dion for one, one yard loss, Dion for one yard gain, end of game. Five Beautiful. minutes, twenty-two seconds. <laughs> Covered. Uh looks like, let's see, 47, 51 yards. No, 53 yards. That's yeah. it. 53 yards. All rushes. Thanks for the unsportsmanlike.
1: like. And then on the on the defensive side, it's funny, like the defense was just not on the field very much. And they like the leading tacklers were Marsh and Watson with five tackle five total tackles. Yeah. So th- those are always, that's always good. When you don't have a guy with 15, that means you there hasn't been many opportunities to get a tackle and because yep. they, uh, UW just wasn't moving the ball and Sam Heward Every so often, every seven throws or so would just give it to us. You know, I'll say two of his. Have you, by the way,
0: have you seen the time of possession?
1: Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah,
0: (laughs) forty-one twenty-five to the Cougs, eighteen thirty-five to Washington. Now we neither one of us are big believers in time of possession as as a as a meaningful stat in terms of anything like 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 it's not an accomplishment. Generally, to to win time of possession, it's not a thing that generally helps you for sure win a game, right? But in this case, it just is sort of illustrative of how dominant we were. Um, you know how little Washington could get going. You know, in comparison to, um, you know, our running the ball. So,
1: yeah, and you know, I I guess you know, I, Dylan Morris, as I wrote in my preview, is is was having one of the worst. Uh, seasons for UW quarterback in at least, you know, 13 years or something um, as far back as I looked. Um, But still to go with this guy that's thrown 11 passes all year and start in this high pressure atmosphere. uh, Maybe they didn't think it would be a high pressure atmosphere, but I mean, he's a, he's a legacy UW guy. He's, you know, he's from Washington. Like he's, you knew he was gonna think this game is a big deal, but and he obviously just he was missing throws. They also they were trying they tried to get him, you know, an easy start, some short throws, yep. and WSU yep. blew them the fuck up. So yeah, could, They were just, ready for that, yeah. man.
0: We we were ready for everything
1: in this. Oh, game, it's incredible. Which I, I Oh my god. Is,
0: that's the part <laughs> I I guess and we'll talk about Dicker getting the job, you know, in a minute. But it's like I I like I cannot um keep enough praise on the coaching staff for this game. You number one, you mentioned Donovan Ali and Deshaun Stribling, right? Like the fact that we were prepared to take advantage of passes to the outside, sort of knowing that they were going to try to take away, you know, our our two inside receivers. Yeah who, they put who have their two our,
1: star cornerbacks yeah. generally on yeah the inside receivers, Jackson like and those
0: guys have been our most explosive players and so you know rather than you know trying to shoehorn the ball to them and try to figure out a way to get to them instead we went okay well you're going to play soft on the outside all right we'll take your your six yards your eight yards that you're giving us on the outside and we'll just keep peppering you out there and it really just it like they really truly had a difficult time adjusting and then defensively same deal it, it was almost like when they saw heward was starting they just sort of went oh fuck. oh yeah let's go we are gonna eat we are going to eat today um, and i wouldn't be shocked if that's if that's the sort of conversation that they had with each other before the game that you know like hey they'll probably try to ease him in you know be prepared for short passes and just rally to the ball and hit some people um, because they were absolutely ready for all that stuff. No tentativeness. They were aggressive. They were fast. Um, and, and so, you know, I get why people are excited about, you know, Jake Dickard and the defense and all that stuff going forward. I, they just, you know, over these last, you know, five games, you know, or in, in, even the couple of games before that, right. Where, um, you know, they were, they were starting to turn around. They've just looked really prepared. They've played really fast and uh, and they just they look well coached right now. And, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that makes you feel really good, because Washington obviously was, you know, a total train wreck um, with their coaching situation. And uh, and yep. we were we we certainly were not. And and all the kudos in the world to the staff. I mean, the players, the players deserve, you know, the, the vast majority of the um, of the credit you know they, they're the ones who have been through everything they're the ones who um, I mean they they are the constant right like they were you know the, the season was you know really turning around before Rolovich got fired so they're the constant but but it was it was pretty clear the coaching staff um, had them in in excellent position to be successful and and so the, the coaching staff deserves um, a ton of credit for that as well
1: and it's just wild to like you say you think about These last seven years, seven Apple Cups before this, even if you go back to uh, since 2008, um, when UW stopped being uh, uh, objectively terrible um, and and we just started losing a lot in this game, uh, it just, especially in the last seven years, you just haven't seen them be the better prepared team in any way. No, they've been
0: so tentative.
1: Yeah, so tender. Like, and I'm not
0: into I'm not into being an armchair psychologist, but it's real hard not to be an armchair psychologist. The last well, and almost
1: almost kind of you know, me and it's part of the deal with Leach, but almost stubborn to the point of yep. like, no, this is what we do. It doesn't matter if they play the exact perfect thing to stop it. We're still going to do it. Yep. And we do what we do. Yeah, we do what we do, and then it just didn't work. And the defenses would have some of their worst days against UW against, you know, some UW offenses that were nothing special, you know. So it was good to see them play a bad UW offense who yep. was then playing an even worse quarterback. You know, maybe Sam Hewart will, you know, kill us someday. But he was not ready for that. He was not ready to play this team. Um he was clearly like the small his first interception the smallest amount of pressure. Like he wasn't even close to being sacked and he freaked yep. out and threw this back foot throw that yep. Armani he Marsh picked mess. off. Um, and then the second one bad throw gets a little unlucky cause Lankford makes a great catch. The third one right to justice Rogers. We finally get to see justice run uh, oh a nice 60 yard return, man.
0: <laughs> I've turned into my friends and I'm like, no, I swear to God, I cannot tell you how many of those he's dropped. In the last mm-hmm. like four years you know yep. he never catches those so anyway it was such a cool thing to see um and he was so excited you know jack our, our guy jack ellis got a great photo of him doing uh dubs down after that interception yeah. which was which is fantastic
1: oh it was a good day for dubs down lots of dubs yes down. it was lots I, of I dubs me, down maybe some double birds i was i was <laughs> as well um, i have seen at, that picture at, at the general um populace, Just in their general the general, general purple populace oh. Um, you know, it's, I, it, shout out to my buddy, Corey, who was just taking pictures of me. Because yeah. Jeez. Corey's, Corey's a, got
0: a second career in photography,
1: man. I know. Right. Cause I am just, uh, uh, you're also absurd, very
0: photogenic with your, uh,
1: with, with, with your gestures, ex- gestures, express Well, apparently, <laughs> you know, that photographer from the news Tribune caught me. Yes. As well, so. Yes.
0: Yes. Uh, to, to go right along with the, with the photo from you know, 15 years ago or whatever, yeah, uh, sure. where you're at the basketball game.
1: Yeah. Good call on that one, Brian Floyd. I woke yes. up to that. Good morning, Craig Powers. That was, like, fantastic. Oh, I love that it. was funny. But yeah, yeah, so, you know, we're celebrating. Um, It was so fun to be in there. So many Cougs. We had a, as you could see on TV, a huge, huge contingent behind. Yeah. We said, fuck your section up in the 300 section. Yeah. And we just made our own section right behind our bench. Um, tons of tons of WSU fans. We were having to coordinate that. That's another Cougar first downs. Uh, we had we we were like having a guy in the middle being like, "You got to start it," and you're doing it for both these sections, all right? And he's like, "All right," you know. I I kept going, "Come on!" He was wearing a Borgie jersey. I was like, "Come on, Borgie guy! Come on, Borgie guy!" It's all you. And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,", yeah. and he yeah, felt yeah, really yeah. bad because he did it. So there was a there was a catch that Dijon Stribling made where he very clearly fell past the line of gain. Oh, and yeah. and for some reason the ref uh called it one yard short. L- luckily WC picked it up on the next play, but but uh my man did the first down, we all did the first down, and then and then we're like, wait, segment. so like, then we, we just did it again. So uh but yeah, you know, by it was funny, you know, I was doing my little reveling everywhere in the stands, and then I look up and i see that there's 30 seconds left and then the play clock is you know off basically and so i run over to that rail and i'll tell you and so i got a question um who was it from you guys send a lot of questions which is cool uh, so at mkidsste uh, their name is just go Kooks. Um, how high was the jump down to the field? It was pretty high, especially... It looked pretty high. <laughs> if you are recovering from a torn Achilles. <laughs> from a torn Achilles. And, and all you could think of... So younger Craig would have just jumped down on that thing. Um, I think it was probably at least like 10 feet. I think it was about 10 feet. It was not... It was not that... So you, you made a joke about the slow yeah, yeah. field rushing. There I was, was like, this is the that.
0: slowest field rush there I've was ever seen. There's
1: a reason seen. for that because it was because the shortest railing was if you went by the steps. And so you had to be braver if you were just gonna go over where your seat was, cause it was even higher, probably like 12, more like 12 feet there. Uh, but so I, you know, so I just did this kind of, I fell down and, and just like, kind of led my weight to my good leg and rolled over a little bit um, just to protect. So I, I probably looked like a dork. I, I went straight to the ground when I, but I, that was on purpose, I swear. And then I just ran straight out. And so I have another question from Jeff O'Neill that says, uh, at Jeff O'Neill that need all of the stories from your time on the field after the game. Um, So it's pretty funny. Just went out there. uh, I think I was fairly unaware. I was just kind of basking at first. um, Because I actually saw, so I was stopping at, you know, I, I, I stopped at I was stopping at players whenever I saw them. Thank you. Thank you for this. You know, I really appreciate what you did today. You know, this is great for me. All of us, we're enjoying it. It's funny, I saw on the um on the broadcast, I like right walked right by Jessamine McIntyre interviewing Max Borgie. Like was right next to them. I do not remember seeing Max Borgie on the field at all. Um so I just went And, you know, we, uh, then someone lifted Trevelle Harris up and, and he had the flag over it. He, someone had, he had taken a flag from someone and he has had a flag. He was draping. He was, he was doing dubs down. We were, we were, we were chanting. It was great jumping and chanting. Um, security didn't even bother us at all. Uh, they, they, they let us stay out there for quite a while before they made us leave. Um, so that was nice um because i had heard a story from another friend he said in 2007 he saw someone get uh, tased when they tried to jump on the field Jeez. um yeah so he was like so i don't know we'll see. And i was like but then i saw people were going like we're just we're going man um so it was pretty cool zane uh, at some point found me which is the benefit of being the tallest uh, guy um you know i was just every every player I'd see, I would, you know a lot of might even know. I just like look at their back. I'm like, oh, you're best. I, I saw G, Dean Janikowski. I know it was his birthday. It was Travell's birthday too. A lot of happy birthdays, you know. Um, yep. So yeah. G, by the way, Dean Janikowski outscored U Dub on his own. So uh, way to go, Dean. Uh, yeah. He gave you plenty of opportunities. Um, no kidding. But um, but yeah. So it was. Uh, so Zane finds me. We, we, uh, we jump up and down, like we are just slamming into each other. It was so funny. And then, uh, my friend Brad, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, you're going to the W and like intentionally just like stomping on it. Of course, you, know? Of course. you don't know, does it As do anything? Does. I don't know, but you're just stomping on it. Like F this, you know, fuck this. Like, um, and, uh, and then, then my, uh, my friend Brad breaks out a little, uh, pad and then puts, um, uh, 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 WSU creamery, smoky cheddar on it. So, Ooh. so we're sitting on the 50 yard line at Husky stadium eating uh cougar cheese. Yeah. And that was pretty epic. Um, that was pretty awesome. I, uh, what, by
0: the way, one of my friends sent me a picture of you guys eating cheese on the W and he goes, Hey, check out these dudes eating cheese on the W. And I'm like, I know them <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> I see them I'm like I know these people. These are all my friends, you know, so he was like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, for real. I know all of them. Actually, you weren't in the picture. It was Marnie and, and some other people. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, well, I don't know where. Craig... So I said, did you see Craig? And he's like, no, I didn't see Craig. So I don't know. You were off. Dude, I was else.
1: standing right next to that. But yeah, uh, but yeah, it, that was uh, yeah. Cause I was, I was just taking pictures of them. Yeah, um, it was great. And he, yeah, he was. was
0: he was very, uh, he was very pleased, uh, by, by your,
1: yeah, that was, that was pretty epic. That. I didn't, um, I didn't exact they, the crowd was so big. Like literally there's, you watch on TV. I've watched on TV and there's like just factions of things. I was mostly by Travel and there wasn't that much space between me and where Jaden did the, did the flag planting, but I didn't even know that happened. Yeah. Like I saw it after the game. I'm like, when the hell did that happen? That's that's well, it was awesome. Like, it
0: was in the it was in the middle of so many people. Like yeah. that that probably was part of it. Unless you were kind of right there. Um it was, it was tough to see. So
1: Yeah. So I just remember mostly just uh just chanting, singing, dancing, eating cheese, um, you know, drinking beer because they still, you know, you still had our beers. Yeah. Uh, so that's nice. How about and, that? Um, yeah, yeah. Get on that, WSU. Come on yeah um, let's, let's make this happen uh but uh yeah it was just uh it was awesome you know it, it's just and it, it was what much more of a um uh kind of positive experience than when i rushed the field in 2005 which mm-hmm. uh when we did that um the uw players took great offense yes and like I got yes, they shoved over by like an offensive lineman on top of like a bunch of people. Like it was like a much bigger like fight. I think that that picture of the UW fan and the and the WSU fan like fighting over the flag is from that game. But yep. this was yep. just like all Cougs. So even the Husky fans that were obviously down there with their friends. You know, they're like, okay, fine. Well if you're going down, I'm gonna go down. Like why would you not? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm gonna see this party. Um so uh yeah, it was just like a party and it was so fun like it and just to like look around it it you kind of wish the game wasn't like it was it's not as good when the game is a blowout. i think because there was no one in the stands at that point. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it was fun like i remember 2005 there was still like so many uw fans just stared at the field and he was like Fuck you like uh but this time it was just all us so like it was it's kind of funny because it was just like a kook thing and like you yep. fans to get mad about it whatever you guys rushed our field before many times I've seen it happen yeah. many times personally. I've been well, at games when you've you know, done it. Like, don't get your asses kicked. Yeah. Don't Either. get your asses kicked. You know, it, it, it's a rivalry. What are you going to do? I mean, there was at least 10,000 of us there, you know, I'd probably more Yep. and we were all on the field. Um, yep. yeah, it was just very cool. Um, I, I loved how much the players seem to kind of enjoy it and, and, uh, it was nice to be able to you know see some of them call them out and and just give them that immediate feedback like you just made my day man like you made my year um so that was that was cool uh but yeah like good job brad and everyone with the cheese that was excellent uh to eat cougar cheese that's legendary that will be talked about forever that'll be talked about by people we don't even know I think uh, so. forever. Um, uh, because I saw some random person that I don't know post about it on uh, on a Die Hard Cougs. So I was like, well, Hey, I see I could see my legs in the picture because I was standing the, up.
0: The part that made my buddy laugh was that he was like, Okay, the level of planning and preparation required here. You know, it was like okay you know what we're going to do when this game is over and we win we're going to go out we're going to sit on the w and we're going to eat cheese <laughs> like i'm like you know yeah it's i'm, I'm like yeah yeah it's well, that there was some planning involved
1: there well yeah and brad's the one that got our group ticket our group all the tickets like it yeah, was, yeah. you know and and so he picked those seats that were only like four rows back and I, when i said i said oh you know if we win that's perfect for going down on w he's like oh yeah that's that was part of the plan and that was that was what's kind of weird about it. Like as we got closer to the game, like I just, I I felt like we were gonna win, which I haven't felt like yeah. that in Apple Cups in a long time. And I mean,
0: listen, when we did our predictions, I, I just sort of spur of the moment was like, yeah, we're gonna fucking win. And I was like, I almost surprised myself with how confident I was that we were gonna win. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I guess I'm in for this, you know.
1: I know, and it, it just comes back to these guys are so resilient. They're they're just they just have uh, just a confidence about them that they've overcome whatever. Who cares? You dub they don't scare us. Like we're supposed to win that game, and they think yep. they're supposed to beat everybody. They were very yep. mad after Oregon, you know that, um, and really like they they made mistakes in that game that cost them the game. But yep. against UW, they they've basically made no mistakes, other than you know, maybe not finishing all their drives. But apparently, that was all gravy anyway. Yeah, uh, just because it was an absolute obliteration. It's, it's fun, you know, like like when they stomped Arizona State. By the end of the game, Arizona State had like gotten a bunch of yardage, and like the the yardage looks even, all that stuff. But UW just had no point. No. like they had a, like a couple drives, but like you said, they were both short fields and, and, but at no point did they look like they were tr- going to seize control back at all. No. Cause we answered, we answered their scores with, you know, obviously we didn't answer the first one, but they got the ball back. We stopped them and then we scored. And yeah. so it was, it. It, you know we didn't try there i guess there wasn't enough time to try and score and it's like i don't know we didn't do a good job managing that time on that final drive or whatever um uh you know to to end up with that long field goal we definitely could have gotten yes. more out of that that whole um, fun you know you know what the best is who gives a fuck we didn't need it like we just didn't matter anyway like if if we it came down and we lost by three points or whatever we'd be so pissed about that drive but guess what we don't have to be pissed we about that didn't. drive it Everything is good. Everything is awesome. Yep. We beat UW yep. by 27 points at Husky Stadium. That was yep. so awesome. Yep. And yeah.
0: Yeah, Washington. Uh, in they only ran the ball 11 times for a total. Now, sorry, let me rephrase that. 11 designed runs for a total of 37 yards. Now I know that their overall rushing yard total was 10, and that that a lot of that was a sack of Heward. And then also they had a, uh, a messed up snap or you, something, right? Uh, Where the ball went, they 12? lost about 15 yards. So, uh,
1: I see JV on Sunday had one for negative two yards. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah. There we so go. Okay. 12 so for, 12 for 35,
0: so 12 for 35, uh, which is, is pretty fucking good. So that's great. Um, yeah, they, they had, know, had to only fumble. run the ball 12 times and have Heward throwing the ball 31. Uh, that's kind of the dream. that's kind of the dream
1: 31 passes for 190 yards
0: yeah which is bad
1: that's bad especially when you throw on four picks (laughs)
0: yes um and they they had you know their sack adjusted rush average was 1.8 um so that that was bad (laughs) um you know why like like we talked about you know their yards per play was 4.4 um i have not looked at our season stats but i'm pretty sure that's a low Uh, for any of our opponents. Um, so yeah, Yeah. just utter domination, uh, only 200 yards to our 454. Um, really just, really just a total, total beat down, um, in in every measurable way, which, you know, I just, I I was so excited for the seniors, um, you know, just to be able to. To go out like this you know i mean there's a number of guys who you know we, we've talked about all the challenges they've faced overall so you know we don't need to rehash that but you know if we just take the apple cup in a vacuum right i mean these guys have gotten their asses kicked repeatedly um, in this game, and you know, 2008 or 2018 was the game that we all thought, okay, this is the one where it's going to change. You know, Gardner Minshew, our team is very, very good, et cetera, et cetera. And then everything was fucked up by the snow. And I, you know, I will go to my grave that if that game was in you know normal conditions, that we win that game, but it wasn't, and so we ended up losing that game, uh, you know, fairly convincingly again. Uh, and so, you know, this team has just sort of like been through everything in this game. They they haven't been close. Um, and, and they've and, and frankly, they've just played really poorly. Like, it's not like they've just been the inferior team. I mean, there's been a number of times where they've been very good and they, they have not been competitive. And so um, to go from that to this um, just had to feel so good, you know, seeing Borgie, you know, smoking a cigar right in a yeah. in a tunnel. I mean, there's that. there's you know, guys, you know, Travel Harris up on somebody's shoulders, um, you know, out on the field. I, I imagine you were you know, fairly near that. It, it's just sort of like you know, just they it, it wasn't even so much like 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 we talked about how these games are typically close. so even when we win them, uh there's just there's there there also seems to be almost more this sense of relief that they survived more than anything else, you know, not not like. Yeah, we kicked their ass more like, you know, whoa, wow, whoa, we survived and we whoa. won another one and this is great. Yeah. That wasn't the case on Friday. Like they just, even after the game, when you looked at them, they were just like, fuck yeah, we were better. And We kicked their asses. Yep. Like that's like, there was just this, there was just this, uh, like the, this, this aura that they were giving off that, that was just like, no, we were the better team and we showed it and we kicked their asses and that's, this is kind of how it should go. Um that was just so cool and so fun to see.
1: Yeah. And it just, uh, yeah, you, you talked about the last two Apple cup. Well, I, even all the ones, if you go back to when I was, you know, since they broke the last six game losing streak, 2004, you know, that comes down the wire. UW pulls close late after WSU up by quite a lot, makes it 28, 25, nail biting. Exactly. Oh, we survived. You know, 2005, they have to get that late touchdown from Trenton Harvey. Uh, 2007, late touchdown from Brandon Gibson. Uh, 2008, pff, that miracle of a throw to Jared Karstetter. Uh, 2012, yep. UW, they have to come back from 18, and then UW has to miss a very makeable field goal at the end yep. of regulation. And and so, yeah, it's like we just survived. But this one is, since my time as a Kook fan, which is my freshman year of 2003, I've never seen us put it on the Huskies like this, no. It, like never. it was, it's so it it was just like this feeling when I was in the stadium. Like it was just like I, I am seeing something that is just incredible. Like it just I, it, it, I I was just trying to appreciate it. You know, like I just this, this is this is insane. I think I said that like a million times. Like this is insane. Yeah. This is insane. Yeah. This is insane. Because yep. like. My, even though I picked, I think I picked a 10 point win. You picked like a t- three touchdown win. My v- vision of when I was walking in the stadium of like how we were going to win was going to be like a late score or a late stop or something. And then we were going to just, you know, be like on pins and needles. But it was just like, it was so fun because it was a goddamn like celebration for so long. Because they were, you know, after that third quarter, it was just, I mean, at that point, you're just enjoying the fact that you are beating the shit out of them at that point. Maybe you're not convinced that it's over, but it's just like, we're up 30 to 7 right now on UW. Like, this is awesome. You know, we're up 23 to 7. And Dion McIntosh goes and scores and gives Butch a hug. You know, and like, all the cool, like, so much like... Like awesome shit was happening, you know. Max Borgie got a couple touchdowns, uh, who, which is awesome. His last regular season game, and then you know it's it's it it, it was just like I I hope we have more experiences like that. Are you Yep. But I I've, I have a feeling that one's going to hold up for a while. Um. <laughs> or in, in yeah, any, we're going to be Cup talking really.
0: about this one for a while. Yeah, and.
1: Yep and and the fact that it was like a streak breaker too just makes it feel so much better just cuz we were just at this point with this game you know not that long ago where we're like this is not we're never going to win this game like i will never ever pick us to win this game and now it's like the apple cup has this whole new life to it again like it's a it's a rivalry again it's it it can be something that is fun again Instead of just something where you have to endure the Cougs getting their ass kicked and then endure your local husky friends uh, talking shit, you know. So it's it, it's it's really cool to just beat the ever living shit out of them. I love that some of them got offended that we rushed their field. Um, that's just part of the deal, man. That's part of the rivalry. It's a tradition. Yep. Uh, and yeah. So what a what a kick ass day. we just like in. An epic day, and and um, even just to, I can imagine like watching on TV, like on TV at the game. I didn't know that dion McIntosh hugged Butch, and I didn't know that Jaden Delora posed. And so, even if you watch on TV, you're seeing us just being like the fucking the badasses, like doing all the fun stuff. uh oh We're just God. you know jumping around and yeah, and, and then and then I'll say you know like I you know I look at Twitter and someone's like you gotta you gotta penalty for hugging and i was like what what is what does that mean yeah yeah but, the, um, pose no, the pose was amazing Wow, the pose is so good I, also why is that a penalty
0: <laughs> i think probably because he used the ball as a prop i think that's the the situation right he put the ball under his head like a pillow um i think that was what i think that was what got it but but still it's it's hilarious like it's just absolutely it was hilarious. worth it yeah absolutely worth it and like okay hugging hugging the mascot is a penalty like i don't know the ncaa because the mascot is also a prop you know i know we've established this many times over how stupid these rules are um and how how really just sort of like yeah we could go down a long road about who they're really targeted at so i'll just leave it at that but um yeah it's 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 fairly silly and it's it's pretty hilarious and uh yeah it's the i think the best part is exactly what you said which is um you know they did it and we also went yeah <laughs> that's funny because we were kicking because it truly didn't fucking matter um that that was that that i think was you know by far by far by far the best part so
1: yep so just awesome to see uh you know armani marsh who was a former walk-on have a great game and then awesome for all those seniors especially the guys that came back use their extra year of eligibility that they got to they've just done nothing but lose jihad and 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 other guys just get the get that win finally liam i mean this was
0: really the one thing missing from their resume right like like they they were on the verge of graduating without ever beating washington like not even just beating but being competitive as we talked about um, for them to come out and, and really just do it, uh, was just, it was remarkable and awesome. And, um, I'm so glad that, you know, they get to put that in their back pocket, you know, yeah, they, they lost and lost and lost and lost to Washington, but they walk out with their last thing being the biggest beat down of Washington that the program has ever had. Um, that, that's a hell of a, that's a hell of a thing to put in your back pocket as you, as you head out into the real world.
1: And, and none of us will ever shut up about it. So no.
0: No, we will not shut up about it ever. <laughs> Remember that time when our quarterback waved a flag and planted it right under your W? Yeah, that was fucking great.
1: Yeah, that was great. Like, Good like
0: job, I man. cannot wait. I cannot wait to go to school tomorrow and go to the rooms of, of the Huskies and just sort of smile. Like, like I'm not even going to taunt them. I'm just going to stick my head in. I'm going to smile. I'm going to wink. And that's all I'm going to do. And I'm going to walk away it's going to be great. It's going to be the best thing ever. Cause they've been writing the scores on whiteboards and shit for years. And I'm not, I'm not even going to white, write the score on their whiteboard. I'm just going to like stick my head in and smile. Be like, how you doing? Give them a wink and walk away.
1: Yeah. Um, strangely that that's all the questions I had for, uh, for the apple cup, I guess you guys just figured we would talk. Yeah. There's,
0: there's a lot more questions about the new coach, man. Yeah.
1: And basketball. (laughs) And basketball. Uh, uh, But yeah. So, um, I guess, uh, yeah. Awesome stuff. Uh, what a day, what a legendary day. Uh, I'm glad we have this podcast where we get to talk about it. Also, it was pretty fun. Um, you know, a lot of people knew who I was, and so I got to have a lot of cool conversations with a lot of our listeners. So if I talk to you, thanks for talking to me, and it was really fun. Yeah. Um, so, uh, way to go, everyone, and go Cougs! That was awesome. Fuck the Huskies, and let's That's maybe great. let's maybe take a break.
0: That's good time for that. back
1: oh man jeff I, i'll tell you one of the things i was really looking forward to is like having a good beer to celebrate uh mm. the win you know obviously i had my 2012 mm-hmm. fremont b-bomb which i got to drink uh but also uh we you know we just kind of went to these couple bars this like bar in east lake that where we parked where we were parked but i think it would have been really cool to go to like a coog bar Uh, after that um i bet anyone who did that you know like if i was in ellensburg i think i would have went to pretty fair beer because i'm sure they were pretty excited there
0: i bet they were
1: yeah so um and obviously they have great beer there uh i uh maybe maybe we'll get a a stop there when we head over for the basketball game i don't know i uh, like that idea that that might be an option You can take the whole fam with you, of course, as I'm riding. I'm riding in the, in in the, in the big, big, uh, what is that? A a big Tahoe or something. (laughs) It's a Tahoe. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, riding with you guys, maybe we'll stop at pretty fair beer, get some food. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, especially if we we could see Tyler, maybe give him a nice big high five about that apple cup. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, yeah. And honestly, the, uh i i want to go back there they have such good beer um i want to have more of their food uh, i've had a couple things there i've had the buffalo chicken sandwich i have had the mac and cheese with pulled pork both very good things um uh and i know they have wine and stuff and i think they were doing some like obviously it's too late for that but they were doing specials on their wine for black friday and everything um so i'd, I'd watch out even for that but they, they have they have a lot of good wines there a lot of good beer, obviously. I like to take away beer from there. They have a good cooler full of beer. And then, of course, you know, all I think about is they're owned by Cougs. So what a, what a great place that would have been uh, to be at for, uh, for the Apple Cup if you couldn't make it over to Seattle, if you live in such a Washington and you needed a place to watch it. But it would have been amazing. And now you can do that for the basketball games, like the USC game on Saturday. So um, pretty fair beer. Uh, we've said it over and over again. Uh, great spot, owned by Coogs, proudly run by Coogs. Um, great spot for craft beer and food in downtown Ellensburg. Uh, check them out. Pretty fair beer. Yeah. Well, Jeff, uh, what is your Pretty Fair beer beer of the day?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, since I was so I as I mentioned, you know, I watched the game with some friends. Uh, we went up to Flat Stick pub in uh south lake union nice. is the first time i've been to that one
1: well, if you would have um, stayed long great. enough you would have seen some of my some of our friends like brad and them went down there after oh You would have stayed yeah
0: that would have been great um but yeah i we we left and went to salt and straw to get some ice cream in ballard nice. so Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's where I was during the game. So I did not have the privilege of doing what you did, which is having a big, you know, celebration beer at the end. Um, so instead, I am having my celebration beer now, and I am having uh, this Holy Mountain Sunless Year that I've had in my fridge for mm. I don't know. I think I think I I want to say I got it like last spring, maybe. Nice. Um, so it's kind of been sitting in there for a little while. So this is uh, the oak fermented Baltic Porter. Um, it is, you know, as you would expect from Holy Mountain, um, incredibly tremendous. Uh, I, I I'm very much enjoying celebrating with this beer, uh, which I was I was kind of letting age, and I was planning on letting it age just uh, a bit longer. But uh, I thought, yeah, this is this is the right one, man. Our, our sunless years of winning the Apple Cup are over, and uh, and so that that seemed like an excellent thematic choice uh for tonight
1: yeah baltic porter one of my favorite styles basically just a yes. like a big black lager just a yep. big high, high abv black lager uh delicious stuff i love sunless here as well i have yep. i think i, I have a couple of those downstairs it's fantastic um, it's a great beer um i am having uh uh the arch nemesis uh, of Holy Mountain, uh, f- from Floodland Brewing. Ooh. Um, beer be, fight. Beer fight. Um, be held and betide. So just a quick backstory there. Uh, the, the brewer that the owner brewer at Floodland started at Holy Mountain. Um, not really sure why. They had some disagreements. He left, started his own thing, uh, this Floodland Brewing. Uh, so that's that's why why I said the archangelist thing so yep. be uh, this is beheld and betide uh because we beheld something uh betide's a weird word um uh i think it's usually um used in the phrase woe betide so we betided some woe on you, dub i'll tell you that much uh but this is a, a single wart wheat saison. that means they didn't um they didn't uh he does a lot of blending so he didn't blend two different things he just this was one one brew um so weight saison brew with dandelion flowers and fermented in oak so it's very good um it was created from well-aged mixed culture saison brewed with raw wheat malted barley and hop and dandelion flowers in spring of 2020 uh very good just a nice nice balanced delicious saison um Good funkiness definitely has a kind of the trademark kind of floodland funk. I'm really enjoying it. Taking down the whole 750. Um, and the beauty of floodland is that uh, their stuff is not too highly acidic, like a lot of kind of sour beers. And so I'm actually I don't even have the tums over here, and I'm taking down this whole 750 myself. So uh, floodland brewing. I also have if you know if I still if we're still talking um, a beer called yacht party from Charlestown <laughs> Fermentary, which I thought was pretty fitting. Um, yeah I know the uh the WSU official pregame was a was a yacht party. They Ooh. they um had some friends some that did sail-gating. that. And, yeah. So uh we took over the sail gating too, so suck it.
0: Fuck yeah we
1: did. All right, but yeah, uh good beers for a great win that we've been waiting for our entire coog lives yeah. um so yeah and then uh directly on the heels of that uh the very next day um something that was kind of expected at that point right uh was yeah. that uh jake dicker was named officially head coach given a five-year contract um so he's the guy now uh and jeff uh, I'm just gonna give you the floor on this.
0: <laughs> what, why would you do that? Because I have strong feelings about it or something. So, um, let me just prompt
1: you though. Yeah, so yeah. I know you've had you, you have some reservations. I, you know, I'm I don't disagree with much of it, I like I'm, I agree with a lot of it too. Um, maybe just don't feel as strongly as you do. Um, but uh, but yeah, so. What is it about what you saw in these last five games that maybe gives you pause going forward? Not taking in, we can talk about his credentials and everything, but just from a tactical uh you know, what he does on the field. Yeah. What what Mike you kind of spoke about on Twitter. Like what give what yeah. gives you some pause there?
0: I mean, look, defensive coaches, defensive forward coaches have a, a certain profile that they typically fit right so it's it's things like this it's okay so they 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 typically are wanting to control the line of scrimmage and that and, and they want to be physical right like like these are because these are things that they preach defensively like we like if we're going to be a successful defense we've got to do these things right we got to be physical up front we got to control the line of scrimmage blah 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 so that so then they take that viewpoint that, that that sort of worldview and then they also apply it to their offense and and so you see coach after coach after coach who is a defensive coach um generally and it's not true 100 of the time you know and i'll, I'll talk about a couple of um counter examples here in a sec but in general you know defensive minded coaches are going to expect their offenses to do certain things they're going to want them to be uh run forward they're going to want them to be physical they're going to want them to um not, you know, get cute, like, and they're going to want to control the ball. They're going to want to control the clock. They're going to want to protect the defense. Like they're, they're just, you know, they're coming at it from a defensive point of view. And, you know, as, as, as you and I, as people who live, you know, near Seattle and are Seahawks fans, you know, we've watched the Seahawks do this for a decade under Pete Carroll, right? Where it's like, okay, this is how we're going to play football. Like we're going to do it this very specific way. And at WSU, we have had, long tradition of coaches being offensive innovators and, and really being sort of like on the cutting edge of, uh, you know, in, in particular passing. Right. But, but just sort of like being innovative. Um, it, what I saw under Dickard in the, in, in his five games was a, a a pretty clear shift toward essentially that defensive coach mentality, which is, you know, we're going to run the ball, Right, we're going to run the ball over and over and over. Um, we are going to dominate the line of scrimmage, and the percentages were, you know, fairly out of line with where they were in the first seven games. So, you know, through the first seven games, you know, they were running the ball about thirty to forty percent of the time, generally. Um, and then our Dicker, you know, they some of it was was more, some of it was less. Um, but there were a couple of games where they were over fifty percent runs and and really just seem to be um, emphasizing the run more now i I don't have a complete data set i I think the thing that would be the most illuminating would be to look at um you know how many times they're running the ball in early downs right and and how many times they're running the ball in what we would consider passing downs and things like that right so like second and long you know were they still running the ball things like that i haven't had a chance to dig into that sort of granular of a level, but just sort of from the thousand foot view, um, they they definitely were skewing more toward the run than than they ever had under Rolovich. And I know th- there are, you know a number of people who have said to me, you know, hey, they well they were ahead against Arizona and against Washington, they were dominating. So of course they were going to run the ball more. Okay, fine. Except we were ahead against a number of teams when Rolovich was in charge. You know, a- Oregon State, uh, Cal. Portland State, you know, these are games where we were playing from in front and, and we stayed in Stanford and we still were not running the ball to, to this proportion. We were still running the ball about 40% of the time or less. So, um, so I, I think there's a pretty clear indicator there that, um, you know this guy is, as we would expect, a, a defensive-minded coach who's going to approach things from a from a defensive perspective. He's going to want to be physical. He's going to want to control the line of scrimmage. It, it's not merely, it wasn't merely game state, and it wasn't merely, um, you know, trying to take advantage of a team's weakness. Um, that that is a thing that he is going to emphasize and and that is a thing that i am i'm really skeptical of from from a wsu perspective um that we can you know essentially recruit the kinds of players that are needed to run that kind of a system um that and and i'm not even talking like system specifics i'm just talking like philosophically to recruit guys to be able to to carry out that kind of philosophy um you know obviously there are guys who can do it um who have been success you know defensive guys who've done you know bob stoops is sort of the the og of that right like like he gets hired at oklahoma he hires mike leach right and and they they had a long history under him of having you know pretty open spread offenses that are designed um to score points he just kind of looked at he was a defensive coordinator he's kind of looked at it like okay what are the offenses that give me the most trouble that's what i want to do um you know, and there are other guys too who who were able to do that. I mean, Nick Saban has you know come up and, and realized like, hey, you know, this is this is how we have to play now. If we if we want to do this, um, you know, we got to be you know they're they're still going to be run the ball effectively, but um, but they, they need to open it up and they need to spread it out and they need to be explosive. Um, so, but I don't know that those things are necessarily you know super um, illustrative, right? I mean, those are like teams that 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 land you know, really good players, really, really good players, the kinds of players WSU doesn't, doesn't land. I, I think looking at teams like Cal and maybe Utah are more instructive for WSU. You know, Cal has really struggled, really, really, really struggled with a defense first mentality. They just have not been able to get the offense right. And and I worry that WSU will kind of be like that. If this is really where Dickert wants to go um, because he, he really did flip the offense in terms of what it was emphasizing run versus pass midstream right same offensive court i mean a different different guy calling the plays from you know stutzman whatever but uh, but but the same offense and the same offensive personnel and and he and wsu flipped it right and, and that really truly only comes from the coach so so there's that you could look at utah Utah's obviously had some success playing in that way right under under whittingham um but i think utah is is maybe not as comparable just because they they are able to get guys who can play in that kind of a philosophy that that i'm not sure we're going to be able to get they're in salt lake city you know huge mormon population obviously um, which, which allows them to get into the living rooms of, of 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 poly players, you know, all you know, essentially in in Hawaii and Samoa and in Utah as well. That that maybe WCU is not able to get in with. So I, I'm not sure that replicating Utah's situation is really. really viable so that's all to say i'm just like digger clearly kind of had a philosophy of you know doing the defensive coach thing um that played out in the apple cup with some of the decisions he made to punt it or kick field goals or whatever um i'm skeptical that that can be successful long term uh for wsu but just because we haven't seen that be successful for us I, i i you know i'm not gonna say it can't be but we just haven't seen it. What we have seen is um, offensive innovators be successful. And so until I see what Dickert's going to do with his offensive coordinator and things like that, and and in terms of who he tries to add in the transfer portal, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm reserving judgment, but I'm also skeptical that, um, that we're going to, that we're going to do, do the kind of thing that has been successful for us over the years. I know, I know that was probably much longer of a rant than you were looking (laughs) for, but um, but but that's that's kind of where my brain is at right now.
1: Yeah, and I you know a little bit I wonder if it you know I do think he he'll, he'll be definitely more run first. WSU did play a string of defenses that were much better at yes. defending the pass. Yes, um, no doubt about that. So you know the optimistic side is that they just hopefully they just saw that because uh, it was really kind of endemic in the Pac-12 where at which is truly a product of recruiting and the recruits that we get is that they have really good pass defenses typically and also for years it was such a passing league it's not at yes. all anymore uh, I think Pac-12 that's the bigger thing not a passing league uh, like yeah. you look at Jaden DeLora who led the conference in yards and touchdowns with like 2723 you know so like it's not a passing league anymore um definitely a lot of teams that run uh so but it just seems like the the defenses haven't caught up there, and so maybe maybe they saw that as an opportunity. Maybe Rolovich wasn't letting them do it, and and uh, and then they said, "Well, we're going to do it now, um, now that uh, you know, now that I'm in charge." Uh, um, so maybe that's a possibility. But yeah, I do think I w- I'm more concerned about than having a running offense. I hope if if you know so. Um, uh, we got a question. Uh, I'll just add, just because we're around this. Uh, um, well, first, Jeff, I, I got from Garrett Foster, G Foster Fit. Why do, why do you hate yep. Jake Dickert? <laughs> um,
0: yes. Why do we hate him?
1: Um, well, I think it's you specifically. I, yeah, it was, uh, meant
0: to be, it was meant to be sarcastic, I think, as well. But. Yeah,
1: it definitely is. Uh, so I definitely saw something about. Okay. Do you foresee a change in? You just covered that. Casey Ferguson at Ferguson Casey. Do you foresee a change in offensive philosophy system, or do we keep the run shoot and emphasize the run? Um, That I'm not sure about. Yeah, Uh, I'm not sure either. uh, I I could see him doing that just because Jaden seems to have gotten that down pretty well. Um, So maybe he'll. But he he also is going to want to hire his guys, and maybe he doesn't want to hire brian green or whatever you know so it's uh it's that's a that's an interesting question um i i would i would lean toward him hiring someone else honestly
0: yeah i've i've kind of talked myself into both um which you know of course is is pretty classic (laughs) you know (laughs) fan behavior but i so the offense was really fucking good three out of the last four games. Now, as you mentioned, part of that is, you know, Arizona state, Arizona, Washington, not great teams. So maybe there's something in there, but you know, you put up 40 on Washington and you left some points on the board, you know, you put up 40 plus against Arizona, um, and you left some points on the board, right? Like, like you just kind of go back. Okay. Oregon didn't go great, but whatever, Oregon's good. So, okay. I, you know, I think as much as we think that the last five games were an audition for jake dickert uh, I, there was always a sense I, I mean i'm not gonna i'm not like gonna tap dance around this there was always a sense that if dicker was successful he he had a really legitimate shot at keeping the job and if if we knew that then brian smith certainly yeah, knew that i did brag again. again yeah that's all right <laughs> 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 but brian smith certainly knew that right so you know, not only was Dickard auditioning for the job, but Smith was also auditioning for a job with the guy who was auditioning auditioning for the yeah. job, right? And so I think what he showed and look, I mean, run and shoot guys have have not always just been you know pure run and shoot. I mean, Nick Rolovich went off and was an offensive coordinator at Nevada for you know a handful of years and tried to you know sort of blend you know pistol concepts with the run and shoot and and it wasn't real successful. But it's it's not unusual for a guy to go and do something a little bit different, blend some concepts and and become a slightly different guy um, I, I would not be shocked you know the the more i've thought about it the more the more i think i've come to the conclusion i would not be shocked if, if smith stays i mean they've, they've they've got a good thing going with delora um, they've shown that they can be effective doing it the way that dickert wants to do it um, that it's that you know moving away from you know, running the ball, you know, 30 to 40% of the time to running the ball, you know, 50% of the time. Because I mean, look, you know, Arizona State, Oregon, Arizona, Washington, here are our run percentages in those four games, 57, 31, 54, 52. Now, again, that's, you could say that's game state, but look, Utah State, we were ahead for the majority of that game, 25% run, Portland State, 40%, right? Uh, Cal, 35%, Oregon State, 32%. Like, you cannot argue that something different Stanford, forty three percent. Like you cannot argue that something different, right, has taken place over the last, you know, four to five games. So Smith has shown that he will carry out what Dickert is asking for, and they've scored a lot of points doing it. So, you know, maybe he really does get to stay, and it's not necessarily required that that you fill out the staff with run and shoot guys because you're not maybe necessarily gonna run a pure run and shoot system anymore. And I think that was the worry, right? Like there are so few guys who really run a pure run and shoot that, you know, trying to find the guys to fill out your staff was really tough. I mean, we hired, you know, two, two guys in their sixties, right. To come in and try to fill out the staff when Rolovich got fired. So, um, you know, maybe you don't actually like, like think of thought was that's okay. Well, that's what you got to have if you're gonna stick with the run and shoot, you know, maybe, maybe that's not what you have to have if, if Smith stays on.
1: Yeah and yeah i could definitely see that too with with, with Jaden. it's just it, it's always hard to tell i mean i don't obviously we're just going by what we the few things we've For seen sure. in public but dicker yep. doesn't seem like a big ego guy you got to be a little bit of ego guy to be in this position yes but, you do um, no doubt so but he also doesn't seem like a guy he just hasn't i mean this is his first dead coaching job like he he doesn't have an offensive philosophy, so he might just adopt, you know, adapt to one. So, yep. so he's already got this thing. So why change it, you know? Uh, and and like you said, you have a very good young quarterback, and you probably don't want to screw that up by you know yep. throwing him in a whole new system, all that. So, you know, I kind of I kind of hope that he, uh, you know, people can think of whatever they want about Smith in the last few weeks, but I mean, they've done pretty well. Uh, and if we're gonna run the ball, I hope it's out of a spread offense. I don't I I would be really uncomfortable if we were going under center and, and trying yes. to traditionally run. So if we're gonna run the ball half the time or more, let's do it out of a spread, please. Cause that's we're gonna be able to recruit guys better that can succeed in that versus um you know, a traditional under under center eye formation, single back, whatever. Um so yeah, it's uh so i probably lean that i want to do that i just i'm not sure if if you know what dickard stays we don't really know that much about him honestly no um, we don't. i so in terms of i don't think this is really what you were asking casey but uh when you just say philosophy and this is what you were alluding to and what i'm most concerned about is the fourth down stuff the punting yep. and the field goals yep WSU is a program on the margins at all times. They're either on the margin of being very good or they're on the margin of being very bad or on the mar- the margin of bowl game, whatever. Like they're always seem to be on some sort of margin. And I want a coach that's going to find find a niche, find find a, a an advantage that maybe other coaches aren't using. So one thing I really liked about what Rolovich was doing was the going forward on fourth down relentlessly. Because that was going to pay off. That pays off over time. Um, you know, maybe it fails once, but if if it fails t- fails once and you get the touchdown the next time, then you got seven points instead of maybe getting six because it's college kickers. Right. You might not get six. Right. Uh, and so that worries me. Like I don't. I want a coach that's going to go for it on fourth and three from yep. the twenty three, or fourth and five from the forty five. Like I want a yep. coach that's not going to punt from there. Um, defensive
0: coaches tend to be very conservative yep and so that's things and it's frustrating yep
1: so one thing that maybe maybe dickard just he's got his first head coaching job and he goes and studies and, and you know does a lot of things and wants to make sure he does well and finds some new things he's still very young and and he doesn't have an offensive philosophy really he's just kind of going by what so maybe he learns a few things and obviously i don't know whatever but yeah, yeah that that concerns me cuz even even like the average coach these days understands the value of going for it sometimes and you know going for it on the you know on the around midfield going for it on fringe field goal territory you know 40 plus whatever yep uh you know 40 plus yard field goal so uh that's or going for it inside the five you know things like that um yeah so that's 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 a bigger thing that that worries me more than a, us going to like a fifty five percent running, um, which could suck. Uh, but if they do it out of a spread, I think we can get the guys to run it. Maybe not right. We're not running it as well as Oregon, um, but maybe we run it well. Uh, I just feel like it's all related,
0: right? Like like these things are like these things are not independent of each other, right? The decision to run the ball. Fifty percent of the time, the decision to not, you know, to, to kick field well, I mean, goals, the decision Chip, to Chip Kelly it, runs you know, I mean, the these ball. These things are all related.
1: Chip Kelly runs the ball fifty plus percent of the time, and he, he, he goes for it all the time. He doesn't kick field goals, like.
0: But Chip Kelly's a fundamentally offensive guy.
1: Yeah, of course, but I'm just saying, like, just because you're running the ball doesn't mean you're gonna be like that. But, but we do know Cristobal is. It, it, he he is definitely not as aggressive as Kelly was at Oregon. And, yep. and and he's they're obviously still running the ball a ton there. That's just kind of their that's their identity, yep. uh, which you could talk about our program identity is I think is about to change quite a bit now. Um, but yep. uh, but uh, yeah, so there's definitely some things philosophy wise, uh, tactics wise uh, that worry me a bit. Um, I think they even played out against U Dub a bit. I think we probably could have stomped them even more. Maybe he's yep. just afraid of giving them a little thing. But honestly, like was. I'm glad that you know Dean made four or five, but did you feel yeah. good about any of those? Like, I, no. I mean, like,
0: there was no There was no evidence to suggest that on fourth and three, fourth and four, fourth and five, that that Washington could stop us, right? Like, and that's the part that sort of bugged me. And I'm like, oh well. And people say things like, well, your, your defense is playing so well, and I'm like, well, fucking fine. If our defense is playing so well, then let's go from. Why more are you points. worried about? Yeah, yeah. Why are you worried about giving them the ball at the fifty-yard line then? Like, like if our defense is so great, then our defense won't have a problem defending a 50 yard field. I, you know, I just, I I think a lot of this just comes down to, um, you know, some of it I think is just, you know, good practice. Like you're talking about like, you know, Coaches understanding when to go for it and when not to, and that sort of conventional wisdom is being turned on its head. So I, I think there's certainly a part of that in wondering if, you know, some of this may be, you know, some inexperience, right? I mean, we saw inexperience on that last drive in the first half. Like that was a fucking train wreck. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like running the ball and then uh, just letting, you know, 30 seconds run off the clock without calling a timeout. Just, just total, yeah, it's almost like they total, were afraid to give
1: the ball back.
0: Totally. So total mess. You know, I, I'm sure he will get better at that. Um, he seems like a smart dude. He seems like a thoughtful, curious guy. Um, so if I'm trying to be, you know, as, as charitable as possible, um, you know, I think maybe he'll figure that out, but you know, some of the other stuff, it's just kind of like, you know, are you, I don't don't know, like, like what are are you going to coach scared? Like, that's kind of how some of it seemed now, maybe that was unfair. Um, but that's how it seemed. And, you know, maybe some of this also is just bias like like i will fully admit i have a bias toward passing forward offenses i love running the air raid and i know that wasn't the case for everyone right like like we had plenty of fans that were like you know i i don't know like there was a guy that i was talking with on twitter about um about the whole you know run pass philosophy and um, you know, and he he sent back a, a a tweet at one point that said, you know, basically, oh man, this is this is what we were begging for for years under leech is to run the ball a whole bunch when blah blah blah, and I'm like, maybe you were, I wasn't. <laughs> like I'm like, no. yeah, let's throw the fucking ball. Like like I don't even care. You know, third and five late in a game with it with a tenuous lead, yeah, throw it. That's what we do. Um, I, I don't have a problem with that. I know a lot of people did, so I understand that some of this is just personal preference, personal bias um, as to what kind of football we we each want to see, and that there are people who want to see, um, you know, football from 20 to 25 years ago, and then there's people like me who want to see, you know, the football of today, where we are, you know, being passing forward and spread, and um, you know, maybe taking advantage of the kinds of guys we can get to Pullman. I, you know, again, th- there's no there's no reason why essentially that Dickert can't whatever it is that we are assuming about him uh, in terms of running and philosophy and things like that. Um, And some of that, by the way, has to do with his, his, the tree that he comes from, right? I mean, he's a Craig bowl disciple. So, okay. Well, Craig bowl is, you know, I mean, he runs a very, you know, particular, you know, defensive minded ball control, physical type, uh, style at at Wyoming, you know, so, so we try to put all these pieces together, but, you know, there's nothing that says it can't be successful. It's just that it hasn't, right? Like when we've been successful, we have been offense forward. We have been innovative. Um, we, we have done things offensively that other schools uh, maybe have been reluctant to try. And, and that is just sort of, I think, part of who we are as Cougs. And so maybe, you know, again, maybe Dickert can, can do something different and be successful, but man, we just haven't seen it. and And that scares me.
1: Yeah. And so that uh ties in with question, uh, little David at Jedi Ghost Barity Two. Are y'all ready for the power run and shoot? Uh, I think you just got yeah. your answer. Yeah. Um, so if hey,
0: if it looks like if it looks like it has over the last four games, then probably.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do we have Max Borgie next year too? Or, yeah.
0: No, no. I mean Nikia Watson, is he is he Max Borgie Dion Macintosh? Is he yeah. you know, maybe? Is you know, are we you know, we're getting Renard Bell back? Is, you know, him plus Joey Hobart, Is that a winning combo on the inside like a lot of questions a lot of questions
1: so speaking of a lot of questions uh britney punchbowl turd at let's get brit uh, mm. a lot of questions in here from her um yes uh first of all why didn't you find me and say hi well because i didn't know you were there but you said sarcasm yeah. i know it's wrong out with you, but man? um uh wsu the best team in washington state or the world yeah, we'll go the world. We won. Now we'll go the world because we won Apple Cup. Um, Dickert checks to me checks all the boxes of recruiting, which is huge and unknown. How you think we'll do at that? Uh, I so the recruiting is one thing. Um, very skeptical about his ability to put together a staff. Yes, is probably my bigger concern, which ties directly to recruiting. So yes, um, I think he himself has the ability to be a good recruiter. Yes. Uh, when I
0: listen to him talk, I'm like, yeah, all yeah. right. I'm impressed. Yeah, but, d- Which, but he uh, and I understand that to... has a lot to do with why so many of our fans are excited about him. Yeah. Right. When you hear him talk, you know, it sounds pretty good,
1: but it's, it's, it, that was what we were worried about with Rolovich too. You know, like yep. Uh, a good staff can make a break. You, we talk about all the time. Leach's best years were built on the back of, you know, Ken Wilson and Joe Salavea and, and, Yep, and, and like, and uh, you know, just a good staff. Clay and, McGuire, and, yeah. you
0: know those guys. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, um, you know, all the guys that are probably going to be coaching at USC and Oregon now. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, another question: Who do you think coaches you dub next year? Probably that Fresno guy. Yeah, that's what <laughs> it bar. sounds like. Um, that's what interesting. Do you, what do you think of that? It's yeah, it's interesting. I I, I don't know. Like, I, I hope he sucks, but I think he'll probably be yeah. fine. I, I, I
0: mean, I don't have strong feelings on it. I don't think he's going to be a
1: disaster. Like, I think it will probably be better than Lake.
0: <laughs> like, I, I'm just, I'm just such a believer in the cast system of college football. Like, I like, I don't know, man. At 45, it's it's awfully tough to think that you know, for these programs, man, you you just sort of are who you are, and it's really, 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 really tough to move into a different area. Um, you know, Oregon has pushed itself up into that area, but you know, if you think about it, I mean, it's taken them 20 plus years to do that. Like it's taken a long, long time for them to push themselves up and they're still not quite there. Right. I mean, they're not, they're not in the Oregon state, Alabama, Georgia realm. Like they're not in that area. Ohio state is what you meant to say. Ohio state. That's what I meant. Sorry. (laughs) And so it's like, yeah, yeah. I I had this big beer, Craig. (laughs) Um, so it, it's just, they're not in that realm. Right. So it's very, very tough to push in different areas. And, and and I'll even say also, it's, it sort of goes the other direction. I, I think it's pretty tough to like drop out of the area that you're in. So like it's sort of like, you know, can you hire a guy who simply doesn't screw it up? Um, and Washington, obviously, with the last guy hired somebody who screwed it up. Um, so is this the guy who, you know, can come in and, and maybe not screw it up? Um, you know, and you look at Chris Peterson, like Chris Peterson, it, you know, didn't generate all that different results from Don James. Like it just sort of is, you know, you are who you and Don James, you know, generated results that weren't all that different from a number of guys who came before him. So, you know, you, you kind of are who you are and uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, this guy is, is probably going to do what, what they all do, which is be, you know, pretty good and contend for PAC 12 championships and recruit at a pretty decent level and you know, probably not win a national championship, but probably go to a Rose bowl at some point. Like, I don't know, man, these like, it's just kind of what Washington is. Um, you know, so I, whatever, you know, they'll probably be fine. And, you know, we'll probably be facing an uphill battle with Dickard or anybody else that we would have hired. So,
1: yeah. So, um, we got a couple questions similar. So the rest of Brittany's question, um, any insights on who the assistant coaches will be, my thought nope. is Dickert's contract will be light so we can spend big on assistance do <laughs> you agree uh, so and then another question is uh, uh, let me see um, uh, from M kids stay again salary predictions for dicker and how he changes the offense going forward we already talked about that um, and yeah. then who would who would uh, pod versus everyone would have rather seen be the head coach um, so on salary um that they gave rollo more money than i thought they would uh yeah but i I gotta think like dickert's around two and a half i mean he doesn't have the experience that rollo does yep uh so yeah i'm sure they'll give him money for assistance but the problem is you have to have that network of assistants to hire like it doesn't matter if you got otherwise you're just going to be paying kind of unproven guys. So yep. uh, that's what I'm more worried about is his network of assistants cause he's 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 young and you know, he's only, this is only his uh, uh, second year at a power five program. He was at Wyoming and he was at a lot of other smaller programs. So yep. I don't know what his, uh, I don't know what his network's like and that, that's, that's, that's what I worry about more than the money. I think they'll give him plenty of money to get the assistance he wants. Yep. Uh, just uh, hopefully they are worth the money. Um. Yeah, and I think he'll be around two and a half million.
0: Never coached at a power five until yep. he was with us. Um. And and I think more significant than that is the tree that he comes from is not a power five tree either, right? Like he's in that Craig Bowl tree, which is again Craig Bowl a really good coach. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, denigrating him at all. But what I am saying is, you know, he's a guy who has been. You know fcs and and mountain west conference um you know the guys that have coached under him are are in that same realm um you know i i I get (laughs) you know coaches hire guys that they know um we see that over and over and over again Um, it's part of the reason why we have you know such a huge problem in, in football coaching with honestly with white guys dominating the sport because it's like people hire guys that they know and they hire guys that they're comfortable with and they they whatever so you know there's just even if dickert was inclined to hire somebody that he didn't know but that you know maybe craig bull knew that was hey craig bull goes you know hey you should check out this guy and and i'll you know connect you guys um that's just not you know even even guys that craig bull knows are not generally going to be you know those kinds of guys so again it's not necessarily problematic but we have a history of guys um, struggling in that that situation, Paul Wolf struggled in that situation. Nick Rolovich struggled in that situation with you know recruiting in particular. Um, and then we had, of course, as you mentioned, the, the flip side of Leach, which is Leach. You know, went out and got a bunch of guys from Power Five schools to come up. Guys that he had coached with, guys that he had uh, coached as players you know, kind of brought him up and, and all of a sudden you saw, you know, and so many of those guys now have gone on to other programs, you know, um, Grinch has gone on to, obviously to Oklahoma state. And then, you know, it sounds like to USC, but um, Dennis Simmons, you know, you mentioned Ken Wilson, Jim Mastro, uh, Clay McGuire, like, like these are all guys who are on a level that, that Rolovich did not add to his staff. And so when, when Dickert looks to expand his staff, Is he going to be looking for guys like that is he going to be able to land guys like that if he makes a phone call and says hey come up here with me are they going to take that phone call i i don't know man it's tough and it's not like you can't succeed that way i mean matt campbell is a great example at iowa state of a guy who didn't have any power five experience um, and then has obviously been amazing at iowa state so it can be done it's just that man it's it seems like it's like the matt campbells of the world are more rare than the Paul Wolves and Nick Roloviches of the world.
1: Yeah. So I guess final, uh, just real quick, because um, they asked was was there, but I want to move on to something else after this. A do was there another coach that you had in mind that you were looking at, or have you just not even gotten into that part yet? Before they, <laughs> I
0: so I know that I know how this sounds, but I'm going to say it again. Not my job that's pat chun's job that's why we're paying him seven hundred thousand dollars a year is to know who else they can get um, who will be a better fit now maybe i should just trust that pat chun hired the best guy you know that's certainly a reasonable position to take Uh, it certainly seems like given the timing of everything that they didn't conduct a real search Um, and given everything that we've heard from the you know just like people who are in and around the program um it, it certainly seemed like this was somewhat predestined Um, and, and that is, that's a little frustrating to me. So it's not so much that, you know, they didn't get some guy that I really, really wanted. Um, there are other guys, you know, Jay, look, I mean, you know, DeBoer is, is a guy, I mean, you were talking about him for UW. Okay. So that's a guy that I would have thought of, uh, you know, Jay Norvell at at Nevada, whatever. Like, like there are a number of guys that would have been like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, ultimately though, like it just would have been nice to, or, or I think it would have been more appropriate to conduct a real search. Um, and this certainly did not seem like a real deal search, given everything that we've heard, um, around how it was handled. So that, that's the only part that, that frustrates me. It, it's not so much that we didn't get this guy or that guy, but, um, I, I certainly would have liked us to, to do a real search, do some real interviews because the reality is Dicker would have been there. Like, where's he going, right? Like he's not going anywhere if he thinks he's got a chance at getting that job, right? So you make him wait for a week. What's the big deal? um it still would have worked out fine you may still have end up a dickard anyway but you know to be the first of all of these programs with vacancies to hire their guy and have it be the guy who was the interim and have it be in a situation where it certainly seemed like it was a bit of a foregone conclusion uh those, those are all things that i just don't really particularly care for but you know maybe that's neither here nor there i don't know i just personally i don't care for it very much
1: all right well we are very deep into this podcast yes we, uh... we are not even talking about <laughs> basketball yet which did anyone really want to talk well, about we so, can, make, we can uh, make that quick uh so yeah they there's a couple of questions I, I'm just gonna you know obviously you probably know if you listen to this they lost to Eastern Washington really frustratingly um uh on Saturday. Just to put a downer on the Apple Cup win, I guess, is what they were trying to do. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they were celebrating it like I was. Nah, just kidding. Maybe. But, um, um, yeah, but so, been. yeah, they lost Eastern Washington. They had a 40-21 to 21 lead in the first half. Let that, once again, uh, struggled holding a lead. But this time, the lead wasn't big enough. Um,
0: 90, 99.4% win probability, according to Ken Pomeroy at that
1: point. So, uh, just... So questions, uh, Garrett Foster again at G Foster Fit asks, why has the men's basketball defense been so much worse the last three halves and really not at all that good this year? Is it the three-guard lineup? Is it more than that, which is far, far scarier? Um, I think the small guards do play a role. Um, I think that's part of the reason why teams are shooting more threes against us. They're making them at a decent rate. Uh, that's why the... Iwu's e, guards had a nice day inside the arc against us. Um, obviously, Flowers. Uh, well, obviously, Noah and Bamba were out for that game, so you're losing some size immediately. And then, uh, but so Flowers and Roberts obviously were carried us on offense. But at some point, you got to look at the the big difference from the defense last year and this year, and it is instead of having isaac Bonton and noah williams as your one and two you have who were six three and six five and isaac Bonton is a very good on-ball defender probably better than noah williams even and and then you have uh now you have tyrell roberts who's uh 511 and maybe maybe and then michael flowers who's also again maybe (laughs) six foot one um both very talented offensive players as they showed in that game but it's just yeah, it, I think it's impacting the defense Eastern was 17 to 32 on on uh on uh twos. I think there was definitely some communication issues. I saw some guys kind of barking at each other a bit a few times. Um so that was just really frustrating um to watch. You know, they had a 6-2 guy that shot 14 free throws. Um so it's and I I didn't do a big preview on Eastern, so I didn't know them nearly as well as I normally know a team, but I know that they weren't that good. They're not good enough they shouldn't be good enough no. to beat us in pullman even nope. with Noah and Bomb out they just shouldn't nope. lose to them uh and i think the rebounding has been disappointing we've talked about this that's part of the defense the defensive rebounding has not been very good fa who was a dominant defensive rebounder last year is not rebounding that well really there's no one that's been like a dominant defensive rebounder um and I, i think it leads to sometimes they're they're bumping into each other grabbing the rebounds whatever like it's just uh their defensive rebounding is leaving something to be desired and then their perimeter defense is just not what it was last year and so it, yeah. it and then they're giving up a lot of free throws just because i think it's it's a it's part of the reason why they're getting a lot of free throws it's the function of the referees how the games have been called so far um you know that their their two-point defense is amazing very good but Teams are getting, finding other ways to score. And right now our defense is, is not playing well. And that's, no. that's the concerning thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it certainly feels like. Also and, going
1: 10 and, for and, 30 on offense on twos against Eastern was also very concerning. Yeah.
0: Also brutal. Um, and, and so many missed layups in there as well. Yeah. Again, <laughs> hearkening back to last year. Um, no, I, 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 I think. You know look there was a sense that in order for the team to meet their uh ceiling this year that they were just going to have to be better offensively they like they had to be better offensively and so i think that from the outset this was a you know the lineups the rotations um truly were a nod to the idea that that they need to score and they need to figure out how to score um and so and so maybe that ends up you know paying off Cause they certainly have done that, right? Like the Eastern game was, was an aberration. The offense has been spectacular, you know, through the first four games or first sorry, first five games, um, you know, before the, before the sixth game hit. So, um, you know, there definitely, I think was a sense they needed to step up offensively that that was the thing that they were going to need to do in order to, uh, you know, make it to the NCAA tournament. And they, and they definitely, definitely have done that so now the question is okay so the defense has has maybe come a little bit at an expense of that right like they've put their best scores on the floor with you know we mentioned the three guard lineup and i know that you know noah williams is is probably technically playing a wing spot but um you know he's a he's a guard right so um so you've just gotten really small on the perimeter and and i think you know, going from, you know, like you said last year, between Bonton Williams and then, you know, whoever, Yakimovsky or, or someone like that, um, you know, going from six three, six five, six eight, or six or 6'9", to... You know, five ten-ish, six one-ish, six five-ish. Um, that's a that's a big, 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 big difference. And so I do wonder if they maybe change up the rotations a little bit. Um, you know, go a little bigger. I, I know Noah didn't play in the, this last game, and and I think that everything just seemed very out of sync in this game. So you know, I I tend to think it was really just more of an aberration. I know that we have. You know, a, lot, a ton of confidence in Kyle Smith and his ability to, to get the team going in the right direction. So um, I think the defense is going to improve. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see um, some personnel changes heading into Arizona State on Wednesday. Because um, that's a fairly, not fairly, that's a really important game. Yeah, um, especially a team that after, is similar to you.
1: Especially with this bad loss you have know, on the resume. Yep. Um, yep. so you, you, meant, you said the word aberration a lot. Marcus Paul Burns asked, uh, I'm still confused about the Eastern game last night at MBP three, the three, um, should I think of it as an aberration or resign myself to watching the NIT in March? Well, if they're going to play like that, if the defense does not improve, then yes. <laughs> um, uh, this, the, yep. if they, if they play that, le- this level of defense that they've played so far, they are not going to be an NCAA yes. tournament team.
0: No, no, they're not.
1: So, nope. So, so they yes, gotta get better. If, if it's like that. But I do think they're going to better. They've gotten better on defense throughout the year. Every year uh, Kyle's been here. So I, I, I think that they will again. Uh, they, you know, they have yeah. a lot of new guys. They have young guys. Uh, they have new lineups that they're trying out. Um, I think once they have a more a solid rotation, solid solid lineups that they typically use, I think it'll look better. Um, the one thing that concerns me, by the way, is
0: F.A. He did not look like himself yeah. against Eastern. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm,
1: still bothering
0: yeah, I'm concerned that that's going to be a lingering issue throughout the season. Um, cause he really is a difference maker defensively as they, as they really try to funnel guys, um, into areas where shots can be blocked with the trees. So I don't know, man, just something to think about, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm mildly, I'm mildly concerned there about that situation with his knee.
1: So uh, Bryce Hendricks, our Fred Bryce, which I don't know why you're asking his questions, Bryce. You know more than we do. Um, are you worried about the lack of – I know. Ath- why
0: is he asking us? We don't know shit.
1: Are you worried about <laughs> the lack of athleticism with our guards? I feel like pick and roll is yes. a poor offensive play for us because we don't have guards that can detail. Yes. I've, I'm very worried yes. particularly with uh, – so, yeah, Flowers is much more works in the mid-range area If he's if he's going – he's not going to the basket. He's yeah. not – He's not getting by guys as much unless it's just a quick one step. And, yeah, I'm definitely worried about Roberts, especially against better um, athletes, his ability yes. to get, get by people, go downhill, as you said, Bryce. So, yes, yep. um, it's 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 not just the athleticism, it's the size. It's it's both. <laughs> I,
0: I feel like Koulibaly is the guy who can do that. Yes. But he also is so inconsistent right now. Yeah. Um, really, really, really inconsistent. Like – like probably the most volatile player we've got um, just in terms of what he brings to the floor. Like sometimes he looks like a, like a future all pack 12 guy and sometimes he looks like, good God. Why is this guy playing? Um, So he just, he, you know, he needs to grow into the role. Maybe that happens. um, Cause he he definitely is the one guy with the size and the athleticism to get downhill in a pick and roll situation. Uh, But he's, you know, he, he clearly is, you know, still trying to grow, grow as, as a player. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think Flowers can um, be that kind of player, but you know, it's it's I don't know, man. We we just kind of look at, and maybe this isn't fair right now, but but right now with this set of results that that we've had, particularly the last one we just had, um, it's it's very easy to kind of look at the limitations, right, of this team, like the areas where they're limited, the areas where they need to get better. Um, the areas that might hold them back, you know, maybe that's not fair, but, but that's kind of how it feels right now, especially, you know, on the heels of a loss like that, where you just kind of go, eh, you know, there's, there's a number of things that, that didn't look good. And, you know, I don't know, maybe we should, maybe we should be focusing more on the, you know, on the quarters that or, or sorry, not quarters, but halves um, that, that turned out so well and, and led to the, you know, the, the big leads that granted they didn't finish maybe as well as we would like, but yeah. Also, that's sort of the luxury of having a giant lead.
1: Yeah, so I, you know, hopefully this uh, issue with them letting big leagues, big leads go, isn't like an issue of effort or anything like that. Um, although I'm, I have a feeling that that might be an element of it. Um, so, yeah, they got a big one against Arizona State. Uh, that's that's one uh, that'd be good. It's uh, listed as an A game on campom so it's, it's it potentially could be a tier tier one uh game down the road depending yeah. on how well arizona yep. does the rest of the season yep. so if you can get that uh 44 chance to win based on campom uh arizona state's number 85 we're number 57 uh, that'll be interesting um yeah that'd be a big win if they could get it and then go into usc uh, on Saturday, that would be obviously huge to get that win. Uh, yeah. So big, big week. Uh, then they have a couple tough mid majors or three tough mid majors after that, but, and then Boise State coming. Like they got a pretty tough schedule coming up. Definitely didn't want to lose that one. To Eastern, it's very frustrating. Um, but we got through all of our yeah. questions. Uh, we should uh, briefly the women's hoops got a big win down in the Bahamas over Miami um who was uh listed as a uh first four out on uh, espn's bracketology so i assume that's gonna be a good win they you know they, they won pretty handily despite turning the ball over like 25 times um i think that's gonna that's an issue they need to clean up big time they are turning the ball over way too much uh, but it's good to have Johanna to dare back uh, she definitely adds an offensive element that they didn't have before And then they got pummeled by NC State, who is a top-five team. Uh, Got a little humbled. Uh, So we'll see how they do against kind of the top teams in in the Pac-12 this year. Um, Obviously, they've always had trouble with, like, Stanford. They've not really been able to touch them yet. So I don't know if that was a a harbinger of that. But, yeah, overall, they, they got a big win they definitely need to clean up those turnovers is way too much, especially in the first half. They seem to have this issue of just piling them up in the first half.
0: Yep. Yeah. I I think on balance, that was a good, you know, series for them, you know, down there, I think, you know, beating, uh, you know, beating Miami is a good win. That's a quality win. Um, You know, you look for those wins that differentiate yourselves from, the other teams that are sort of in similar situations right so yeah you know if we if we think this team is potentially a bubble-ish team um you know come march that's that's a good you know separator um, nc state you know again that that was sort of a uh you know no really there, there wasn't a lot of risk there right like you're playing a team that everybody knows is very very good and if you play great awesome if you don't yeah you know and so you know they got beat by what 15 right so uh, you beat by 15 28 28 oh my bad 62 maybe to 34 15. oh maybe it was maybe it was 15 at 1.0 point during the game i don't know anyway you're losing a team everybody knows is good that's not necessarily a huge problem so um to get the win against Miami was was important uh you know the experience against uh, NC State was good and and i think ultimately you know, I don't think they were necessarily harmed by what happened against NC State. And I think that, you know, again, differentiating yourself from a team like Miami um, is a good thing. And they handled Miami fairly easily. Maybe they beat Miami by 15. Maybe That's, that's what what's... you're thinking, yeah. Yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking of. So anyway, you know, you, you know, you handled them fairly easily. And that's that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. And then uh, the volleyball team, uh, they they lost yeah. their Apple Cup match uh, on Saturday. Ooh. Uh, without Pia Timmer again, but uh, possibly ah. she could be back because they are yes, going to the be good. NCAA tournament again for the sixth straight time, which is so awesome. Um, and they're playing Northern Colorado in the first round, so um, that's just uh, like an awesome achievement, six straight NCAA tournaments. Yeah. Uh, that's something so cool that you know, uh, not a lot of our programs accomplish.
0: Yep, I mean, it's. I- we talk all the time about how this is sort of the golden era of wcu sports that that's part of it man so um you know the, i think it's northern arizona right that's who they play northern in colorado the, in the first round northern colorado doggone it i knew it was one of those northern teams in the southwest so northern colorado um a team they should beat um a, sort of a similar it looks like a similar situation to what soccer faced which was you know in case you get your you get your your easy opponent up first and then um just kind of jump right into the fire with your next game so they're they're going to be right there and um you know super duper super exciting and again a really young team overall um which is which is super crazy so um again you know as as we say often you know kudos to jen greeny um and her staff uh, putting together these teams um it's very very cool
1: yeah very cool um yeah, so uh, thank you for listening again to a, a long podcast. Obviously, that was one of our longer game recaps because we won the fucking Apple Cup. Um, if you uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at the Craig Powers. Jeff is at Pod Versus Everyone on Instagram. I'm at Craig W Powers. Um, if you want to send us an email with questions, Craig. Not, that's my email. I'm not going to tell you that. Uh, it's uh, although it's just on the Cook <laughs> Center website, you can just go find it there. It but um, but uh, it's uh, podcast vs everyone at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, that's that's it. That's all. Um, hopefully, uh, getting my shit together and putting a, uh, a Patreon together, and we have some real cool uh, potential items for you to earn on that yeah um so uh yeah jeff uh go Cougs,
0: go Cougs, craig black lives matter
1: black lives matter
0: get fucking vaccinated
1: and fuck the huskies